0: Today, we're going to talk about the Tigers starting catcher in Jake Rogers. And then as well, one of the more like under the radar, big storylines heading into the winter and 2024, which is Bo Brisky all today on Locked on Tigers. You are locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked on Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Thursday, October 19th, 2023. Thank you so much for making Locked on Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks and you could win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKDOWN. and You'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Alrighty. Well, we are back. Hope everyone is having a fantastic week. We're in the home stretch here after Wednesday. And, uh, you know, today we have two pretty fun conversations. They have one. Uh, formerly the most famous mustache in the Detroit area. But uh, unfortunately, the uh, the handlebar is no more. We're going to talk about Jake Rogers. I love catchers. I love. I was a catcher my entire life. Uh, having that, there, there's so much value in having a good catcher, whether it's defensively, whether it's just like game calling and handling a staff, like th- there really isn't a way to quantify and bring down to one number how valuable a catcher can be. And I think that's what makes catcher so fascinating to me. You know, there, there's so many, you know, the knowing the art of pitching, uh, the, the art of catching, like there's, there's just so much that goes into it. And I am just such a big fan as somebody who spent uh, most of, of their life doing it. So uh, we will certainly talk about Jake Rogers. Then the second half of the show, we're going to talk about Bo Brisky and Bo Brisky is Really, really fascinating to me. and i I know the joke, like I say that about everybody. But I think that this we'll get to it when when we talk about him, like I said in the second half. But I really believe that he his winter is like not being talked about nearly enough. I think he's an under the radar candidate for some stuff we'll say for now. Uh, and then as well as just like what his role on the team is going to be in 2024 uh, assuming he's around like I I don't know I I think I think Bo Brisky is a really really fascinating conversation so we'll get into him later but first we're going to start with Jakey Rogers. Uh, Jake Rogers ended last season let me pull up his stats here with a 221 batting average a 286 on base percentage a 444 slug. Uh, He had a 7.7% walk rate a 32.3% K rate um, what other stats can we throw at you? a ninety seven w r c plus that's slightly below league average, two point two f war. Now this is one catcher is another position where there is a pretty large discrepancy between fan graphs and baseball reference war as someone who very, very, very d- deeply adores and admires and researches catchers often i personally think fangraphs war is significantly better than baseball reference war with the p- catcher position specifically um i do think that there's other positions that's the other way uh, i'm not just like a you know fangraphs no matter what kind of person when it comes to that stat but catcher is one where i i kind of am uh so he had 2.2 f4 which was the second highest on the team not uh, on just Offensive players, non-pitchers, we'll put it that way. Uh, so, in all of the non-pitchers on the team, the only person with more F4 on the team was Riley Green, who had 2.3 in just 99 games. Kerry Carpenter also tied with Jake Rogers, technically at 2.2. Carpenter did it in 118 games. Rogers did it in just 107. Obviously, the way that catcher goes, so a uh, pretty solid season. I, I honestly, I think, is somewhat of an understatement. For Jake Rogers, Uh, his OPS on the year 730 as well. So just like ever so slightly below league average. Uh, We're going to talk about the the catcher value that he does bring. And then after that, we will talk about what he is in the batter's box. Because I I think a lot of people have a lot of opinions on what Jake Rogers is now and what he can be. And I think it's like pretty simple. Like he is what he is. But we're going to start by talking about what he brings value-wise to the catcher position. Uh, th- this is a a very solid defensive catcher. Uh, he is not the best defensive catcher I've ever seen in my life. I think some people get get very, very carried away with like Jake Rogers is, is you know, some like elite of the elite. He's very, very good. Um, but uh, if you were ranking, you know, consistently year in and year out the best defensive catchers in the sport, uh, I don't think too many national media people, you know, a little bit of Detroit versus everybody there, but like I don't think too many national people would be pointing to Rogers. but he is certainly well above league average. Like If you were making a top 10 list, I think that he would comfortably be slotted in there. Uh, he was in the 90th percentile in blocks above average, uh, which is a very cool stat. One of the cool things about baseball, Savant, is that the people over there are are constantly – trying to find new metrics. And I know that that's, um, I I guess I'll say frustrating for some people, right? Like there's always new information and and that's not always, uh, sometimes that can get overwhelming a, but B like you have to figure out what's good and what's not like, not every single number is going to be meaningful. Um, but I, I think having any metric for catcher blocking is something we've literally never had before. And so, uh, having that and realizing that Rogers had a plus eight in that category, which again was in the top 10% among catchers in the game of baseball is pretty awesome. Uh, his caught stealing above average is 47th percentile, so about middle of the pack there. Uh, his framing has always been good. He was in the 80th percentile there. He had a plus five in framing value. Uh, and then his pop time is 59th percentile, one, uh, sub two seconds, which is uh, which is solid. But um, yeah, slightly above league average there. So, uh, and then if you care about his sprint speed out of the catcher position, 46th percentile, really not bad when you're comparing it to other catchers around the league. But um, obviously, that that's not going to be like where he brings his value. So defensively, this is this is a good catcher. This is a this is a really solid defensive catcher. I mean, just uh, eye test too. Uh, There's some people that uh, have brought up. There were a few very timely past balls this season from Rogers. Uh, And from my perspective, you know, there's this interesting debate going on within the catcher community uh, because that does exist. Um, And uh, it's basically the the stance debate. And there's kind of this more new school mindset where people want to do the one knee stance. And then there's the more old school mindset, which is the traditional stance that you have a better chance of blocking and whatnot. Because when you're on one knee, it's very hard to block. And it's also very, very difficult, pretty much impossible at the major league level to throw runners out. So the, the the debate is happening there. And the reason that the one leg stance exists is because it is proven over and over and over again. It's not even really debatable at this point that it is a significant bump in framing, right? If you go and you, and you have the one knee the one leg out kind of approach back there, uh, you are you are going to have significantly improved framing numbers, which until we get robotic umpires is going to be a part of the game of baseball. And Rogers had a few past balls that were timely where, you know, he, he was down on one knee and whatnot, only a couple. Like I, I can think of two off the top of my head and I don't think there were too many more than that. So it's not something that like he was doing all the time. Uh, and the thing with rogers to watch in terms of that receiving style is that it, it's all situational and it's something that that him and aj i'm sure talk about aj was a catcher right a major league catcher at that for the detroit tigers um so i'm sure that him and aj have had extensive conversations about in what situations to do it and what situations to not If they think that somebody uh, that, you know, is on first base and they want a better chance at at throwing them out, he's going to do in the more traditional stance. Um, Like, I know there was one situation where there was a runner on third, right? And they really wanted the strikeout. So he went down to one leg or one knee, whatever you want to call it. and, And, you know, the ball bounced off his kneecap and got away in the run, scored. So, like. There's there's certain situations in which like both are applicable and it's it's just kind of risk reward. It's not like he's gonna do one or the other all season, and I'm fine with that. I'm really fine with just picking your battles and uh, and I'm gonna trust both of them to put themselves in the position to do the correct receiving style given the situation. Okay, so that is is, is something that was brought up, but again, like blocks above average on the year, he was in the top ten percent amongst catchers in the game of baseball which I think is is kind of an indictment to like when he is in a position to block he he is very very good at it so I'm a big fan of Jake Rogers behind the plate we'll get to his game calling here in a second and then we'll obviously talk about the offensive side of the ball but first I have to tell you all about our friends over at sleeper Sleeper is the best. We talked about them at a, a little bit at the beginning of the show. Uh, and you know what? The MLB playoffs here, that means the clock is ticking on your chance to 100 times your payout on cash on daily fantasy baseball. Baseball's never been more exciting than it is right now. I mean, you see the playoffs every night. It might just be red October. If you don't know, now you know absolutely uh, the Phillies are a special type of machine right now and the Rangers literally have not lost in the postseason yet at the time of this recording at least I guess maybe by the time you're listening to this that's changed Um, but it is an exciting time to be a baseball fan and you can go through the stars of the game and pick more or less on stats for all of them like home runs hits strikeouts and more for up to 100 times payout on sleeper get your picks right and you could win big I've been using Sleeper for not only daily fantasy, but my fantasy leagues as well for years now to natural transition. The app is one of the best in the business. It's so easy to use and so awesome. I cannot recommend it enough. So use promo code LOCKDOWN and you'll also, also get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Segment two of Locked on Tigers. I appreciate you all for tuning in, making us your first listen every single day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We'll be back tomorrow recapping a couple more players on this roster. That's, uh, again, unless any news comes out, then obviously we'll talk about that, but not expecting too many news and notes until after the World Series. So we're talking about Jake Rogers. We talked about kind of his value uh, defensively. A little bit right. League average at uh, at throwing runners out, and then when it comes to blocking and framing, etc., and all the th- other things that come with being a defensive catcher, he grades out as, as a very plus catcher in those categories. Uh, and, and I test, I, bl- I believe, backs that up. At least my eye test backs that up uh, pretty pretty comfortably. So, when talking about game calling as well, uh, one of the reasons that like people people. We all, myself very much included, um, ha- have just like short memories with some of these players. And like one of the early appeals, like do y'all remember the storyline when Rodgers was in the minors? Like one of the early appeals of Jake Rodgers was he's going to be this good defensive catcher, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But one of the appeals was that all of our top pitching prospects were in the minors with him, right? Like that was that was one of the early appeals it was like, oh, he's going to. I just said early appeals like seventeen times. I apologize, but he's gonna go through the system with all of these top pitching prospects, and then they're all gonna be in the majors together. And it's gonna be a very natural transition to go to the major leagues because all these prospects that are uh, that are on the mound are just gonna keep throwing to their catcher. They've been throwing to since A. Like that was that was a very like cool thing early on that a lot of people pointed to, and you know certainly we're, we're gonna sign free agents so we're gonna bring in pitchers from the outside and and now you know if somebody gets called up now they didn't have Jake Rogers but for that like three or four headed monster there that they had kind of brewing of top pitching prospects that was something that a lot of people really liked and and I think that that has translated pretty well uh I I think Rogers is a good game caller uh to me I I I like what he does and like it's also very hard to tell like it's not as black and white as like, oh, like his catcher ERA is higher than like other people's. Like pitchers shake off pitches. AJ Hinge calls in pitches sometimes. Like it's not, it's not like as black and white as just like, oh, you know, the, 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 the catcher ERA is like all that matters to Jake Rogers pitch calling. Um, that that it's, it's not even close to just that straightforward. So, um, but for the most part, I I certainly, I disagree with some, but we're never going to see eye to eye on a hundred percent of the calls on a game-to-game basis over a full season. But I do. I I trust his game calling. I think he knows the staff very well. I think he does his homework uh, for all of these pitchers and what works and what doesn't. And I, I think that he has a really good relationship with with all of the staff. You hear him just in post-game after games. I know this is kind of like, like an intangible, not really like a stat thing. But just hearing him say, you know, anytime he's asked about, Performance. He always talks about like my guys, my guys, and he's talking about the pitching staff. Like I I always like that in a catcher. So I'm a big fan of Jake Rogers. And that leads us to a a big conversation that a lot of people have with Jake Rogers, with which is what is he offensively? And this year he was a low batting average, high power type of hitter. And a lot of people want to point to, oh, like, it's, it's real. I mean, first really like full, full season, right? Like start to finish didn't get hurt. Like this is really the first one for him. There's still room to grow. If he can adjust this and this and this, maybe he can improve and raise the batting average. For my money, it's not going to happen. Okay. He is what he is. His mechanics, he just takes hacks. Okay. He, and like, his swing is just such an uppercut swing now from april to september i will say that he did like pretty objectively change his mechanics a lot in terms of how dramatic of an uppercut it was from the start of the season to the end of the season but it's not like going anywhere like it's always going to be that and he ended the season on a hot note i think he hit he did almost hit 300 in the month of september um, but he hit 172 in August, right? Like he—he, he, I, I don't think he's ever going to be a super high batting average person. Now, post All Star break, he hit 238, right? From from after the All Star break to the end of the season, if he can hang around there and keep the power where it's at, I think everybody will be pretty pleased, and I think you should be pretty pleased with that production. Uh, but he—he he is what he is because that is what his swing is. It, it is a big aggressive, swing-for-the-fences, daddy-hack type of swing. His sweet spots percentage this year was in the 95th percentile. His hard hit rate, 73rd percentile. Barrel rate, 78th percentile. Average exit velocity, 70th. Exit affected slug, 71st. Like, this dude hits the ball hard. Now, the flip side of that is he strikes out one of every three at-bats. He was in the fifth percentile in K rate. You don't go from from being a striking out one out of every three plate appearances to like a sub twenty percent K rate. Like it, it, he's he, he's sneaky. Like he's twenty eight years old. It's not happening. So we have to just accept what he is at the plate. He's going to have a low average if he can keep it above two twenty over the course of a season. I will be happy. I know there's some. There's some people that hear that and 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 still very much uh, appreciate and want their hitters to have a high batting average, and I completely understand that train of thought. I'm telling you, it's not happening with Jake Rogers, and that is okay. He can still bring a lot of value to this baseball team without having a high batting average. He can b- have a 20 home run season like he literally did this year in, o- in only about 100 games, so that is that that is that is what he is, yeah, at the end of the day. Um, he crushed fastballs. 15 of his twenty home runs on the season were on fastballs. He did not do very well against change ups. He did not do well very well against big like loopy curveballs and 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 I don't see that really changing too dramatically going forward. The one thing that I think he can adjust, and i want to see improved and i think will help a lot of people accept his low batting average going forward is i think he can walk a lot more uh this year he had a 7.7% walk rate which is about 10 or 11% lower than league average right there is no reason this dude should not have a a even like 9% walk rate in my eyes genuinely and I know that that's like kind of a dramatic turn that's going from like 10% under league average to like 10% over league average. But uh, he had a, he was in the 84th percentile in chase rate. He did not swing outside of the strike zone very often, right? Well above league average in that regard. Now, if you're just pounding the strike zone, he's swinging through it, then so be it. He's going to, again, he's going to do that. That's unavoidable. He's going to be a high strikeout guy for his whole career but i I really, really believe that he can walk one and a half to even two percent more than he did this past season at his peak. And I think that that would help his value exponentially. And he's already, according to fan graphs, over a two win catcher. Um, and I just I believe that that is something that he can control and that he can improve in because he doesn't expand the strike zone very often. And, and something that like his mechanics aren't hindering him from doing. Uh, he's a catcher. you know, the strike zone very well. that's kind of your thing. I, I I really do think that that is like the one thing I circle is like if there's one thing I can improve about Jake rogers, it, it's not the batting ever. it's not any of that. I, I just I, I I think he can walk more. And I think that that would go a really, really long way to uh to, to this lineup. If you can get that OBP to closer to three hundred. With his power, uh, he'll be an over-a-league-average hitter over the course of a season. And that'd be great out of your catcher spot that already is giving you plus defense as well. That would be a starting catcher of of the future if he could do that. Um, We'll talk about his uh, his 2024. It's pretty straightforward, I think. Um, But we'll talk a little bit about his even further beyond 2024 game plan as well. Uh, But first, I'm going to tell you all about our friends over at Jace Medical. We've talked about Jace Medical a lot on this show and you know, there's a lot of uncertainty in the world today. So it is important to be prepared. The Jace case is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. You can also customize your case and add life saving medications based on your unique needs. Jace Medical offers now offers customability for your Jace case with dozens of add-on medications. You can choose the medications that best fit you and your family's unique needs. Jace is currently working on expanding their medical offerings, their medication offerings. In those recent efforts, they have added ivermectin as an option in the Jace case. You can also buy a gift card for your family and your loved ones. So now that they can get a Jace case of their own, just go to jacemedical.com and enter code LOCKEDON at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. That's promo code On at jasemedical.com. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Third and final segment of Locked On Tigers. I appreciate you all for tuning in, making us your first listen every single day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. Uh, So talking about Jake Rodgers for most of the show, let's transition into a nice, fun Bo Brisky conversation. Uh, Bo Brisky hurt for a large majority of this season. If you think back to, well, really for both of these guys, right? Like if you think back to spring, their seasons change so dramatically. And that's why baseball is the best just because, you know, preseason expectations can, can change so, so much because of how long of a season it is. And, like I, I remember in March when it was uh like the hot take, right? And and people were were challenging like what I had said when we brought up on this show that Jake Rogers was going to catch more games than Eric Haas this year. That was like uh like kind of spicy. And Bo Brisky, uh, on the flip side, like I had mentioned that I, I think that he gives and provides great starting pitching depth to this team. Certainly. Not this year, right? Like he was hurt for the, the, the first half of the season. And then when he did come back, he was a pure reliever. So really a, a lot of moving parts with Brisky. Uh his final stats this season in 35 innings. He had a 36 ERA, 0.2 F war for whatever that's worth to you. Uh 7.97 K per nine, 3.09 walk per nine, and about a home run given up per nine innings. So uh there's a lot of really, there's a lot of moving parts with Bo Brisky. I have a hard time kind of wrapping my head around him, the player. Uh, he got moved to the pen. His velocity spiked. Uh, I really liked that. Obviously, when he was a starting pitcher last well, in 2022, we had talked a lot about how the changeup was such a plus pitch, but he didn't really have anything that moved side to side. And his fastball was like a low 90s fastball. He moves to the bullpen. Now his fastball is 96, even 97 miles an hour. He still has that change up, right? That's now 89, even sometimes 90 miles an hour. We're still working on the slider. We'll get to that in a minute. But that, that was a bump in stuff when he moved to the pen, which obviously you're going to take and, and you're going to be pretty optimistic about. Uh, and then he started off when he first came back, he didn't walk anybody, literally anybody, right? Like the first, I want to say three weeks he had like one or two walks and maybe even the first month of the season like he he was really pounding the strike zone and then as the season went along that slowly slowly kind of crept back up on him and he ended with a 7.9 percent walk rate which is relatively like slightly above but relatively around you know league average type of number uh and for how good his changeup is and how impressive it was to see his fastball spike, he didn't get swings and misses, and he didn't get strikeouts, which for a one-inning, not a one-inning, but for a a middle reliever, we'll put it that way, is not something you really want to see unless you're Jason Foley and you're getting a million ground ground balls, Uh, but he was uh, almost exactly league average in ground ball rate. He didn't give up hard contact, though. Like, you see what I mean? Like, it's, <laughs> Bo Brisky is, is a very, very fascinating conversation because there, there's so much going on. Uh, I mean, even looking at his repertoire, I think that that's one of the biggest conversations to have with Brisky. This dude went into this season with a four-seamer, a change-up, a sinker, and a slider. Right in 2022, when he started a lot of games, the changeup was a a borderline elite pitch. It was phenomenal. All of the metrics, all, the eye test, when you watched him, it was a a very very effective pitch. The four seam fastball not as much, and then he didn't really have anything that moved side to side. This year, out of the pen, the four seam fastball, even though it had an uptick in velocity, wasn't like the best pitch in the world. 271 batting average against it was probably a middle of the road ish type of fastball and the changeup numbers skyrocketed they went way up right last year he had a 173 batting average against his changeup this year he had a 263 batting average against his changeup now part of that is sample size right again he only threw 35 innings for the Tigers in 2023 Uh, and, and, you know, getting used to a new role and whatnot. There's a lot of factors there outside of just like the pitch itself. Um, But another thing that is, is when it's talking about his pitch mix, the, the thing that pops out to me the most is righty and lefty, his attack sequencing. So like, for instance, against righties, He has about like four pitches he's comfortable throwing against righties. He'll throw the four-seam fastball, obviously. He'll throw the changeup. He throws it less against righties than lefties, but he's not like afraid to throw it. Um, And he threw it over 100 times against righties in 2022. The sinker, which he almost exclusively throws to righties. He doesn't throw them ever to lefties. And then the slider, which is a similar conversation. He throws it almost exclusively to righties and does not throw it very often against lefties. Okay, so it's like four pitches you have against right-handed hitters, and Bo Brisky is a righty. Against lefties, he really only throws his four-seamer and his changeup. So the variance between like a, a four pitches for one handness and two pitches for another is kind of weird to me. Um, and, and I like he's only twenty-five. He was the minor league pitcher of the year for the Tigers just like two seasons ago. Like he's got a lot of development. And and room to grow. He's by no means a finished product. So I'm not trying to say like, this is all like, this is just it. And it's just going to be weird forever. Like he is going through the development process actively. Right. I've, I've compared it to, to like when you're growing up and you get, you know, like, like your skin breaks out and then, you know, you grow up and you get older and that you like that. That's kind of like the phase that he's in. He's trying a lot of stuff and, and, and that is part of the process he's going through. And it's just, it's odd to see that much of a variance in those two. And it gets even weirder when you realize that he's a reverse split guy so far as a whole across his entire major league career. He has a two pitch pitch against lefties. And yet he is pretty comfortably not like, you know, 200 OPS points or anything, but pretty solidified better numbers against lefties than against righties, despite having those four pitches. So it's it's really, really, uh, again, my, my brain goes a million miles an hour and is really jumping off the walls when, when talking and trying to pin down what exactly Bo Brisky is. And that leads us to the conversation of the future. I think that there is a very real chance under the radar trade candidate this year And the reason I say that is not, like, I I love Bo Brisky. He's been on the show. He was an awesome dude. Uh, One of my favorite interviews I've done. I'm obviously rooting for him and hope he stays here. But uh, I I think that in terms of, like, fit on the roster, right? Like, are you going to pencil him in as a starting pitcher next year? Is there any chance going forward in the next couple of years you are confident that Bo Brisky is in the starting rotation going forward? I don't think so. And out of the bullpen this year, again, we're going through the development process. There's a lot that he's trying on and messing with and adjusting. And and, and we have a great pitching coach and pitching coaching staff, right, to to be able to to get the most out of him. Um, But where does he fit into this bullpen long term? Is he ever going to be a a prominent, like, back-end reliever? There's some question marks about that. Um, Is he a multi-inning middle reliever? That's what he was this year. I think there's a chance that he could stick there. But also, and this is the biggest thing I've talked about throughout the entire season with Bo, is that he needs to develop a, a slider or a curveball or something that moves horizontally. Um, he has a slider. He threw it, like I said, he threw it pretty much exclusively to righties. Um, but it's, it's just not, like the shape of it, it's, it's not the most like prominent pitch you've ever seen. I think it could be. I think with more work, uh, he he could develop that and it could be a really solid pitch for him. But as it stands right now, it's it's just like it's of his four pitches, it is the fourth pitch. And the other three all either don't move at all like it's a four-seam fastball or they move vertically. So getting that under his belt is going to be a big step. But if there's a team out there that looks at the Bo Brisky profile and says, I want to give this dude another chance at being a starting pitcher as a buy-low candidate. I think the Tigers are very much going to pick up the phone on that. And the thing that I think is most likely, if he if he does get moved, not saying that moving him is the most likely, but if he does get traded, I think it's incredibly likely that a team has a package put together for someone else on the roster and they want one more asset one more type of uh, of player to throw into this deal to spice it up a little bit more i think Bo Brisky is the perfect candidate for that for another club so i i think again i don't think it's likely i don't think he like it's a 80% chance that this guy gets flipped or anything But I do think it's a lot – like, no one's talking about Bo Brisky as a trade candidate. We're all talking about Foley and Lang, and we're talking about the, you know, the starting pitching, like, Matt Mannings of the world. We're talking about all the lefty outfielders we have. I I think that Brisky's in a weird spot, like, fit-wise, where it's it's very – like, not out of the realm of possibility at all for a team to really want to take a chance on his development – and look at his profile and be kind of intrigued as a as a you know second piece to another deal. So that's kind of where I stand with him. If he is on the team in 2024, I hope that he is a multi inning middle reliever, uh, just like he has been in 2023. That that's kind of the role that I think he can be his best in because he gets the uptick in velocity and he can still give you multiple innings. I think just profile wise, it makes a lot of sense too. Even if he never has a really really good slider. Or a curveball, or anything like that. Um, you know, you can kind of live with that a little bit more out of the bullpen. So I, I think that uh, that's kind of the role I want to see him in if he's around in 2024. But again, wouldn't be the most shocking thing in the world to me if he was chopped this winter. As far as Jake Rogers goes, um, you know, at best you have your starting catcher for the next several seasons. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, that, that's like best case scenario. Uh, if this continues to work and the, the offense is is relatively rep, rep relatively replicable, relatively repeatable. Um <laughs> if uh if he can do that even close right to what he did this year, I think he'll be the catcher for the next several seasons. He'll be the starting catcher at that, and I'm totally fine with it. Um and at worst, you have your lefty platoon catcher uh at worst you can platoon it that way and just do righty lefty which is kind of weird for catcher but if you have two good defensive catchers i'm totally fine with it um you just have to go find that that person that is uh, really good against righties and a good defensive catcher but yeah that's kind of i'm realizing that's kind of like not very common uh just cuz catcher is a weird position but um rogers had an ops over 800 it was like around 840 i want to say against lefties this year he crushed lefties uh and had an OPS in the six hundred six hundreds 600s against righties now he still had 12 homers off righties and had nine off lefties so like he still has the power kind of from both sides but he'll get on base more much more against left-handed pitchers so uh at worst you have a platoon split a ready lefty platoon split catcher and at best you have your starting catcher for the next several seasons cool Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We will be back tomorrow talking about a couple more players unless any news comes out of Tigers camp. All right. I appreciate y'all. Thanks for rocking with me through this offseason. Yeah, appreciate you all greatly. We'll do a mailbag soon. Not tomorrow, but I think maybe Monday. We'll figure it out. We'll we'll game plan it. We'll talk about it tomorrow as well, but we're going to have a mailbag soon. As well to uh, to answer some questions about the off season. All right, peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. I'll catch y'all then, baby. Go Tigers.